Welcome back to the At The Yard Podcast. I'm your host, Les Lukacs, and I'm joined today by NorCal director Blaine Clemens. Blaine, uh, it has been a while since you have been on the podcast. Uh, since the last time we had you on the podcast, you've had a bunch of events up in Northern California, seen a lot of guys. Uh, so it's time that we get together and chat about some of those guys. Things going all right for you? Yeah, things are great. Appreciate you giving some love to the kids up here. <laughs> all righty so let's uh let's jump in uh, a guy that we're very familiar with um from the de la salle high school uh spent a year down here in socal before moving back up to norcal uh looks like the bat is showing a whole lot of improvement there for uh, catcher bear harrison out of de la salle yeah so i know he went down south and i know it didn't go the way he wanted it to um or they way he expected to at a new school, but there's you know there's growing pains, transitions, new areas, new programs, new things. And he came back north, De La Salle, where you know his older brother Kyle was a star for years, and uh, you know Bear started out. Um, he hit you know in their lineup last year in a prominent spot for you know another very good De La Salle team. He hit in every time I saw him, I think he's hitting four or five, sometimes maybe three. But it's it's the thing if. Every time I see him, whether scout ball, DSL games, um, showcase, you know, he's no hitters perfect. There's there are some outs made, but more often than not, he's uh, he performs. Um, he's big. He's physical. He's strong. He does have enough bat control to get to his physicality. Uh, he has extra base and home run power presently. Um, he's willing to use the whole field. I have watched him uh, jump on mistakes whether they were fastballs in a bad spot whether they are sliders or hanging curveballs he seems to have a heartbeat to um you know slow down and and uh just kind of looks like a big strong right-handed run producer an rbi type man um doesn't carry one at bat negatively forward uh to the next one uh so yeah i, I find them to be uh, one of the more consistent strong right-handed hitters that i see there are some players that somebody else might like more for whatever reasons maybe they feel better about a positional profile he catches a lot he's going to catch for them this year um i think he's more than adequate back there the arm is solid the the pop times are are, are good uh question for any big you know young young catcher and he's you know he's he's a he's a big young man is you know their mobility and their agility and and to handle that part of the game at the catcher position but uh, i've seen no reasons why he can't, uh, and I do know uh, that the bat. Uh, it, it, I, I feel like it's real. You know, I'm glad you brought up the position there because we've seen him play third base, we've seen him play first base, we've obviously seen him catch. Is, in your opinion, do you think that that's where he ends up? Is behind the plate? Uh, my opinion. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go so far as saying not. Uh, but that's only because of how the game has gone in terms of, you know, school, a, a college, just to keep it to college, a college is going to want to maximize what they can get out of a player. And it's no different than the pro level either, is that if you believe his overall strength to a team is going to be what he produces at the plate, and I, and I believe that to be true, then to maximize that and the size and the beating a catcher takes 
um, just physically the up and down, the grind, the block, the fingers get nicked, bumped, broken, bruised, all of those things um, hits off the mask. All the stuff that catchers go through can really, obviously, I mean, you know, anybody listening to this knows this, can affect, you know, the performance of the player, you know, at the plate. So I think he'll catch through his senior year. Um, I think it's an, I think it's a super positive for a young player to, to do that in the sense that you know, there's so much that can be learned behind the plate as a catcher. Like as a going forward as a hitter, it's always kind of struck me as odd that hitters don't sometimes do better or catchers don't do better as hitters just because of just the mental process. But like I said, maybe some of the physical part of it and the, the mental wear and tear and strain of always having to be on point for your pitchers and your team certainly can affect them at the plate. But I, I think, you know, if he was more of a catch, throw, defense, block, field general first, and the bat was like, you're like, eh, it's adequate, um, then I'd say he'd keep catching. But I think because the, the, the offensive strength and, and, and ability um, is prominent, I think that's that makes the difference in, in his future. Yeah, if he keeps hitting, though, it doesn't matter where he plays, right? <laughs> I mean, just, yeah, I mean, just nobody keep wants doing to... your thing at the plate. Do your thing at the plate. I mean, you know, I haven't seen him play third in, in a while. If I, if I ever have, I have seen him at first. And he, you know, he was there last year with Anthony Martinez catching at De La Salle. Um, and they made a really strong, you know, middle of the lineup for, for De La Salle, two, two really good hitters. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, you don't want to put a player in a position on the field where the defense is a negative, right? Like, so um, – but I don't think he's uh, anything um, to run away from uh, at first base or wherever he would be. He's a hardworking kid. I know he'll figure it out wherever wherever he lands. So we go from one program that produces championships to another program that wins a whole lot of games in one of the toughest leagues in California. Uh, Mateo Martinez, the 25 out of Clovis West, uh, looks hitterish on on film, uh, Blaine, and you know he he uh, ran a seven seven oh eight sixty at a recent event, had a eighty seven average exit velo with a, a seventy nine uh, infield velo. Uh, tell us a little bit about Martinez and what we can anticipate from him potentially this spring. Yeah, the NorCal underclass game, he had a really good day. Like the metrics he just, just rattled off, which are all, you know, none of those were eye popping, but you know, he's a he's a in the fall of his sophomore year, so he's going to continue to work hard and improve. And my first look at him was last last January uh, at a preseason event down in, in Fresno. And the coaches down there that I talked to that, you know, sent some players out, they, they gave good reports on Mateo. They, they gave good reports on his makeup. They gave good reports on his, you know, work ethic and his athleticism. And, and, uh, and as a left-handed hitting middle infielder, right, that's, that's, that's the part of the profile that's, that's really exciting. So then he came up, and, yeah, the run was fine. The, the intensity and the urgency with which he went through the event, um, I always like to look at that, right? Showcases can be a unique opportunity into the – into the who the player is so you can, you can you can sense nervousness in some players you can sense aggression you can sense late not late you can sense like mm, i'm just here going through the motions but then some other ones you're like Ooh, this kid's actually he's here to be seen he's here to be noticed and that's what i feel like with mateo and then and so then he goes into the gameplay portion and you know being that we run events so often and showcasing you know tools tools are great but we do in gameplay have an opportunity to, to see kids perform and not that getting hits all the time is always performing and not every player faces the same level of pitcher every single time. And sometimes guys face a real guy and sometimes guys face, you know, somebody that's still uh, improving. 
anyway, he, he blasted a couple triples, and the swing was short, the swing was quick, the swing was obviously powerful, and then watch him run on the bases, yeah, just fun kid to watch. Yeah, so then we go from uh, from one hitter in Martinez to another in Dante Bikini. I, I know it's a guy that you're really familiar with uh, up in your neck of the woods there. Uh, another guy that just looks like a flat-out hitter to me when I every time I see a video of him uh, you know, or see him in action, watch his BP, it seems like he's got a really good aptitude for hitting. He does. Uh, Dante lives. Yeah, we're in the same same city here. He's at Petaluma High. Um, I had the opportunity to coach Dante this past summer uh, on a team. We took some some big tournaments, and he hit for us in the you know one two spot all summer long. He's with that tournaments. He's he's a good left handed hitter. He had a really good sophomore varsity season for Petaluma High School, and they had a they had a fantastic season. Um, He's six foot two. He, his body is still developing. He's going to be a big, strong kid. He's he's got really good hands. Uh, but yeah, it, it, his nose for the ball. He's short and quick. He is strong. He has bat speed. Uh, he can use the whole field. He does have pull side power. He's uh, he's got the ability to to gather hits in 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 tough counts to left field. He runs well enough to put pressure on defense. He gets below seven, you know, at his best as a runner. I think I want to say six, eight, five. I've seen. Uh, he's okay against left-handers. Sometimes better than that, uh, depending on the quality of the left-hander. He is hitterish. Uh, he's he's relaxed in the box, and then when the swing happens, it happens happens quite easily. Tell, tell us a little bit about his defense, his prowess there. I mean, because it looks, you know, the way you described him, he's pretty physical at six two. Uh, not done growing. Uh, where do you, where where's his defense now, and then where do you kind of project that moving forward? So those that are recruiting him right now, and there are some. You know, the question I get most often is is this question here. And so for us in the summertime, he bounced between second base and third base, and he played some in the outfield. And he's very capable at all. For me, I the physicality part. He's just going to be strong. I don't think he's going to be overly big in that sense i think he's just going to be strong i really like him at second base he's going to play shortstop for his high school team very likely and he's more than capable his arm is over 80 miles an hour it's not a rocket arm his throwing mechanics are not they're not as aesthetically pleasing as some people want to see in like a shortstop or second baseman but i just watched the player play and i got a chance to see him all summer and he tracked down so many pop-ups in tough spots behind first base short right field going into center field at third base you know, he's, he figured that out pretty quick, how to catch it and get rid of it. Um, that, like I said, there's enough pace on the arm to get across the diamond in plenty of time. Uh, he is, again, he's a capable left fielder, doesn't have a lot, or center fielder or right. He doesn't have a lot of time out there, but I know he's willing to do it. Uh, even down the road, if he, if he got to a college program and they had an opportunity at first base for a player to play and his bat was, you know, already showing up. And, you know, I think back to Andrew Vaughn when he went to Cal, and I think Andrew was a shortstop infielder in high school if you look him down tv you wouldn't think that now because he's, he's thick and, and and compact and strong and physical but he was and he went to cal he wasn't going to cal to be a first baseman but they as a freshman he had they had an opportunity at first base and his bat was ready so they put him there and so i look at dante in the same in the same vein that i believe the bat is good enough and i believe the work ethic and the aptitude to play the game and hit and he's also really young he just turned 16 this last july um uh, any position in the infield is good for me. I don't think shortstop probably. I can see a real offensive second baseman. Um, that's what I see. 
So we'll go from uh, an offensive guy to a guy that's that's trying to stop the offense from producing, and that's right-handed pitcher Marcus Mater, and another good frame on this guy, 6'3", 170, uh, you know, above average spin on all three pitches, but I know that the slider is something that really caught your attention. Yeah, I've seen him, what, three times now, I think, this past summer and fall, and I, um, it's pretty pretty transparent how I feel about him. I keep posting about him, keep writing about him. He's tall, long, lanky. He's got a baby face. If you just if you just took a picture of his face, you think you're looking at a like he's 13 years old. Um, but the arm is quick. It doesn't show up in massive velocity. Yeah, I think peak of 85 I've seen. But he just he's just going to get stronger. But his ability to manipulate the baseball with spin, you know, like Shooter likes to say, spin wins. It's it's super unique. I love the arm action. It's kind of like a slingshot, cocks it back and comes at you. Uh, but his ability to, to throw the breaking ball, I'm just going to keep calling it a breaking ball because he has a curveball and a slider. The last event we just had, he calls it a slider. But, you know, it's in the low, low 70s. And it has curveball tilt, bite, action. Um, I mean, it's got a little bit more spin in the curveball, which is just, I mean, it's negligible, to be honest with you, in terms of, like, revolutions. So I just think it's, it's, it's a breaking ball that's got power, power spin, late depth, uh, he's got some buckling action. He's got some swing and miss action. And the cool thing about it all is he's not bouncing them 52 feet or, or in the left-handed batter's box. Like he's all, he's in the zone with it. So he has feel for this thing. And so I, awesome projection guy, college programs that are really good at finding a player who's raw velocity may not be eye popping quite yet. And then, you know, taking the kid, developing the kid, and then in two years when this kid's a sophomore, all of a sudden you see, you know, big, big, big numbers, this is this is their guy. Yeah, it's funny you mention that because you look at his average spin on the fastball at 2450. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's above average for yep. anybody, right? And a good indicator that, hey, this guy at 6'3", 170 is probably going to throw pretty hard one day uh, he when he, you know, when he fills out and it ends up being 6'5", 210. I think what it is with the way he throws right now, presently, if you just watch any video of his delivery, it's it's not a there's not, I don't think there's enough quite yet core and lower body incorporation into that. It's it's it's, it's um, weird term everyone's using these days like football. He it's arm talent. Like he can throw the baseball. It's and he uses mostly that. Now it's not violent though. It doesn't look like oh it's going to fall off his body. He's going to break someday. It's just it's real natural ability to throw a baseball. Nice. And another guy who, who seems to have a really natural ability to throw baseball, this time, though, from behind the plate, Jake Redding, the 24 catcher. Uh, big arm is the way you described him. And, and, I mean, 75 miles an hour behind the plate, pops it, you know, hovering around that 2-1 mark uh, with some accuracy. But, again, another big power bat potential. I think so. You know, I said big arm, and, you know, the 75 is not like, ooh, huge. But – Watching him in the event the other day and sitting, you know, where we sit behind the plate, you know, doing our work and it comes out of the hand easy. It comes out of the hand online. Uh, it was a ball pitcher threw, and it was in the left-handed batter's box area and he reached across his body, caught it. The runner was going. He stood up and just winged it and it was right on the bag. Now, he didn't get the runner because of the location of the pitch, having to catch it and stand up and throw. Um, but it kind of caught my I'm like, whoa, that was – that was easy. No, it wasn't. It, it, in the pop time drill, he's a little bit high. He's, you know, set up can be a little bit better. But 
you know, the, the arm is there, uh, the ability to develop a little bit more lower body to get more out of the arm. I have no doubt is going to be there. Uh, the body is good. And then two at bats in the gameplay, right? Right. He goes over two, but it's two balls really hit hard to deep center field. Um, both similar spot on the field, similar type of pitch. So consistency of the swing and the path, the timing. And I had not come across Jake before. He's from the actual town we were in uh, holding the event in Lincoln up there, uh, the fighting zebras. So he's just a kid that caught my eye. And yeah, I love, I love it when it's a player in a class that uh, you think you know a lot about and you do, but there's, there's a lot of other kids out there and it was fun to watch him. Yeah, let, let's shift over to an, another potential power bat here in the 24 class out of Sacred Heart High School. That's first baseman Tate Medikoff. Uh, you know, describe him as physical and, you know, with some power. He's got some juice in the bat. He had a, a you know, a max exit velo of 102, which is pretty indicative of that. And tell us what, what you saw about from Tate that really caught your attention. So he's one of the players I have to, like, recalibrate when I first saw him, what I thought he was versus what I'm seeing now. So I came across him at the Boris Classic last last year, and he was uh, on the varsity team at Sacred Heart, who had a really talented senior-heavy offensive team in the, in the West Coast Athletic League, and he was a pitcher. And I saw him on the mound, and it was like up to 85, I want to say, on a rainy day, and it all looked good. Body 6'2", I think, want to say 206, perhaps, I think he's listed as. Um, and so I'm thinking, okay, this kid's a pitcher, because that's what I first saw him do, and that happens to us all the time, right? We come across a player that's young, and like, well, that was his opportunity. The varsity team was to pitch. It wasn't, and I didn't get to see him hit. So in your mind, so he comes up to Bay Area World Series, and you know, I've got a spot as a pitcher. I don't have a spot as an outfielder, first baseman. He's like, well, Blaine, I'm, I'm an outfielder and a, and a, and a first baseman, and I do pitch, but you know, I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> so he's come to a couple other events, right? Now, like, he runs just over seven. The bat speed's obviously there. The juice is obviously there. Uh, he is like when you're around him and next to him, like there's physical presence. Um, this is a big, young, strong man. And then, you know, in the game, he went line out to second base and then he, he smashed the ball in the gap. He's, you know, he's got a no stride, wide feet, just kind of a hitterish physical presence in the box. And so, yeah, uh, he, he wasn't able to throw in the event. He's been dealing with some arm stuff. So there, there again, maybe pitching is just what I saw him do. And, not who he is. So I've had to recalibrate and that's always, that's always good to do too. Right. I mean, I, we see a kid and we just think, yep. And then there's more to it. Often yeah. You see. Yeah, absolutely. That happens all the time. Is he a bat that you would say, uh, presently just based off the few looks you've seen, um, is going to be a significant presence in that sacred heart lineup this year? I would have to think so. Yeah, uh, that's that's a tough high school league to hit in. Um, you know, they're they're at a good program. They produce players. Uh, the teams they have to face, being the Valley Christians, the St. Francis, Bellarmine's loaded this year. I mean, just loaded this year with arms. Uh, Sarah comes out here every year. Like it's it's midi, obviously midi. It's a challenging high school conference to hit in, and for them to be. Uh, successful again, Sacred Heart. Yeah, I, I, he's got to be in the mix to to hit. You know, I guess three, four in their lineup. But he's got the physical tools. It's not again. It's not just a bruiser that just was able to produce a one hundred two and a BP and then catch a catch a ball on the on the barrel in the game. It's the guys he faced in that game the other day on Sunday, as I recall, 
one or two of the better ones. And the lineup, the second was in a two strike count and then no stride. Like he's ready to get to velocity and he has the hand speed, bat speed and strength to be able to do that. So, uh, yeah, I, I got a gut feel he's going to have a, have a big spring. And, and when you put up numbers in that conference for anybody that's, you know, listening, that's recruiting that wants to find players in Northern California or, or figure out how to differentiate between some numbers in some conferences versus others, if you can find the stats for the West Coast Athletic League and you see kids hitting on varsity at the non – well, at, at any of those schools, frankly, but it, it, non-Sarah, non-Midi, non-Valley Christian, non-St. Francis, non-Bellarmine, and they're, it's, say they're Reardon or, or Sacred Heart and they're hitting well – they're facing guys. <laughs> yeah, well, one of the guys that he'll likely face here in, in the WCAL is Kieran uh, Subramanian there at a Valley Christian. It, Blaine, it's not often you see guys with his stuff who are 6'4", 195, uh, that are uncommitted, that aren't very well known. Uh, you know, yes, it's, it's 84, 86, 83, 86 on the low end. Uh, but again, a frame that uh, you can dream on uh, with some pretty good secondary pitches already. Yeah, I'm glad you said his name because I was struggling to pronounce it pro- <laughs> properly the other day, and you just nailed it. So uh, thank you for that, Subramanian. <laughs> um, really, really intriguing kid too. I got to interact with him on Sunday, and uh, easy smile, uh, easy presence, easy going, relaxed. Uh, big though, six four. Six four one ninety five does sound bigger, but he's he's still he's lanky so he must be have some density in the body somewhere in there because he doesn't he's not overly like broad and sprawling so i think that's a 6'4 195 that someday is 6'4 you know 225 230 his ability to throw strikes though with the breaking pitches and the change up were awesome and yes 83 86 is, is what it is and there's more in the tank for all these players um, down the road as they work but he was able to land the breaking ball uh, early in the count, matter of fact, my son was hitting against him in one of the at-bats the other day, and you're right behind the plate, you know, again, where we're doing our work, and I'm also dad right there, and I'm watching my son, and I'm, you know, I've got my camera up trying to, you know, hopefully he has a good moment, right? And and it, it was a grinding, it, he ended up flying out to center field, I want to say, or maybe shortstop, but first pitch, Kieran threw a first pitch breaking ball, uh, it's the one, if you could perfect it, you'd probably go to the Hall of Fame, it's the it's kind of not a backup, but the front door breaking ball that kind of locks the hitter up. You know, his, first, his hip flinches and, and it lands for a strike. Wow. And it did. And then he went second pitch, I want to say, fastball up in the zone, called the ball. Then he went to his best pitch, this changeup. I mean, we, we all use the term Bugs Bunny and, and turbo changes and all that. His changeup is exceptional. He threw it. Kalen uh, offered at it. Just like three or four other kids did. In, in the same inning, Everett Johnson did as well. Like they're trying to get to it, their bats extending out towards the pitcher, trying to stay in the zone to get to it, and the ball just never gets there. And they just kept swinging through it, kept swinging through it. And it, it happened on three or four hitters. I'm like, he's just comfortable throwing it. And it, it, uh, I looked at the numbers; it, it almost looks like he turns it over just a little bit. There's there's something in his release because the extension. You know, if you look at extension numbers, they're often same as the fastball, or maybe a little further than the fastball. His is not. It's more like along the lines of his breaking ball, because the breaking ball extensions are often right much shorter. Yeah. His is more along the lines of a breaking ball extension, which I think that somehow plays for it with the even more perceived lack of velocity, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, it does. So I'm, I'm curious, what does that do to the shape of it? It had mostly traditional shape, um, you know, some arm side run. So, it, again, I don't think because he's not a low slot guy, it's not a high slot. So, you know, like submariners and side armors, I've seen those kids be able to turn over a changeup, right? Almost like if you're, remember old video games, you know, with the, that big, like, like pool ball that kind of, you kind of roll and move. Yeah. Um, so it, it's got some fade and it's not like diving, tumbling. It's just, yeah, that's just, that's how I felt. it. And just watching his hand, I feel like there's something in that release that, He's able to let it go in a, in, a, in a manner that is a little further away than normal extension. So I and he's able, but he wasn't bouncing it. It wasn't in the dirt. Um, it was just dying. Like I think my description on the report or in the quick hit said, like it just it looked like it hit a, a wall and just died in the strike zone. That's got to make it tough on on the on those hitters, right? Because like you said, well, it, yeah. it's that perceived lack of velocity, but then it's yet it's still on you. Yeah, I feel like they I feel like they saw it. Like everybody that swung at it, I mean, oftentimes that's a good thing if hitters can actually sometimes see somebody's fastball or changeup. Like, oh, I feel good about this, and they never squared it up. Because, <laughs> <laughs> and that's how you get swings at it, right? Like players somehow they have to feel like, oh, I'm on it, and that's. There can be deception in the release, you know, not every release is the same. And I, again, I'd have to dive deeper into the numbers, but we talked about them a long time here. I just, I really enjoyed watching him pitch with it uh, and all three of his pitches. And yeah, that was, that was fun. Move, moving forward after high school, where, you know, depending obviously on, on where his opportunity arises, but let's just, let's just call it a, a mid-major level arm at this point. Yeah. What do you see him, uh, where do you see him kind of lining up, you know, initially in college and then potentially eventually uh, in college? So meaning, you know, does he come in, have an opportunity to, you know, maybe get a few innings on the back end of Tuesday games? Uh, Uh You know, is he a guy that's going to come in and potentially compete for a Sunday spot? Uh, And then say fast forward two, three, maybe even four years down the line, you know, where do you project him? With the ability to throw strikes with his secondary offerings and then the ease of his arm action for the fastball, and I know velocity is coming. What you first said is, I'd say it's likely very accurate, you know, innings on a, on some Tuesdays, uh, pushing and working to maybe, you know, maybe an injury happens to an older guy and there's a Sunday start, right? Um, yeah, I, I can see those. And there's a lot of freshmen that come in with, you know, with with fastball talent but you and I both well know that in, in college baseball, it's the ability to use off-speed stuff um, that is often the primary, you know, use talent at the college level. Um, and his ability to use that changeup and come in and get outs, get out of jams, get double plays, whatever it is, you know, if he has the heartbeat and the, and the competitiveness to go with all of that, you know, that again, I don't know him. I haven't seen him pitch in a high school game. You know, he's at, uh, he's at Valley Christian, right? Yeah. Um, you know, he, if he actually keep an eye on what he does there this year, what innings he gets there. Um, but yeah, it's at his size and the feel for the zone and uh, willingness to throw. He's not trying to trick players out of the zone. He's getting he was getting players out in the zone. So I think those project fairly to uh, 
early Tuesday opportunities, maybe some weekend stuff in relief and, and gained the trust of a staff that says, you know, let's, let's give him a shot. Yeah, that, I, I love that you made that point that he's getting guys in the zone and he's not trying to get them to chase. That says a lot about not only his ability, but his confidence in his ability, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, let, let, let's uh, let's move over to a, another shortstop who uh, had a, a, a really good summer, and it looks like uh, you know he's kind of carried that into the fall. Uh, Nick Sebastiani out of Sonoma Valley, uh, six foot one seventy shortstop. Looks like he handles the barrel really well. Uh, got a really good arm on the infield, uh, you know, a, a, and and a decent runner uh, for uh, a twenty four shortstop. Yeah, Nick was another player that uh, played played for my seven oh seven team this summer. He and Dante um, with some other other good players like Dario Fresti. Um, Nick played second base and third base in the summer because he was dealing with a a hamstring, um, nagging hamstring all summer. And even it kind of came loose again the other day at the showcase. But I think he ran a six nine seven, mm-hmm. which I was happy to see he was getting closer to healthy. He's a former football player. The arm, I remember seeing the arm in the summertime, you know, third base. I'm like, ooh, that's, and I never put a gun on him. I didn't do it. I'm like, ooh, that's, that, that ball comes out pretty nice. And uh, came out at 85 the other day. Uh, his ability in the summertime to piece up with wood, uh, good fastballs. When he stayed simple, like he hit some of the hardest balls I saw anybody hit all summer. Uh, the kind that make the contact that a coach's head in another field goes, who hit that? Yeah. And, you know, Nick, the other day, though, his, his BP rounds were awful. <laughs> Just less. I mean, this is a player like I would tell anybody, this kid can hit. Like, he can hit. He's, he's got natural. He looked like a fish out of water in his first BP round. He's looking like, what is going on? I'm like, Nick, I don't know, man. Try to hit a ground ball to shortstop right here. <laughs> and, and, and he had to take it. He, he, he stepped, and I'm like, just go get your head right. Go go over there and, and, and come back, you know, at the end of the round. And, and he came back and was a little bit better. But, you know, it's that, that showcases and games are often like we have kids that showcase really well in BPs but don't, you know, maybe hit as consistently against live action. And then Nick did, just did the exact opposite. So his first at because all my staff is looking like Blaine. You said this kick can hit, but I just watched his BP. That was that was not fun. <laughs> that was hard. <laughs> and I'm like, I know, I got it. Trust me. Um, first at bat, he comes up and he's I don't know, it was the first pitch he saw. He just smashes the ball to right center field um, for a triple. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, just sometimes the track record of a player, and this, that's what's fun about scouting, right? Like if you've seen a player enough and you believe you know what they are, and then if you heck add the context of knowing who the person is and like having coached him so that's an easy thing for me to say about nick we talked about dante earlier um i go back to the area code tryout the underclass area code tryout so nick was one of the only again on a balky hamstring him and another player i want to say it's named mac edwards out of uh, out of reno um, were the only two players in the, in the you know in the portion the, the pitching portion of the trial which is as we all well know, at least in Northern California, the hitters are just there, there so the guys can see the guys pitch, right? They start with one-one counts, and pitchers are trying to throw as hard as they can, and it's sometimes it's not an easy hitting environment. Uh-huh. Nick went two, Nick went two for two with a double to right center with Wood, off obviously somebody that's good and a sing, single to second at bat. So um, he's got an ability to hit. Does he have the ability to stay at short? Do you think? Assuming, to- assuming he's fully healthy. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna have to evaluate that because I don't have – I didn't play him at short at all in the summertime, right? Because, like I said, the hamstring was not was not great. Um, he played second base adequately, he, learning third base. 
I'll see him play in the spring a number of times. He's in the same conference uh, as, as my son in the Vine Valley League, so I'll see him. I'll see him have that chance. I did see him play as a sophomore. So that's where he played as a sophomore. He started there, and he's an all-league player. So I'm going to say yes. Uh, there is some refinement. Um, he's got a good arm, and I think he's a player that has often relied too much on the good arm and can be better on you know, closing on balls, coming through balls, playing athletically with the feet. You know, being able to run sub seven tells you that it is foot quickness and talent. Uh, maybe talent's not the right word, but so you know, it's a small program he plays in. Uh, Sonoma Valley is a little, little tiny school, but gosh, they got like four hitters. They're all in the twenty-four class. I mean, one of the best small school offenses in the state. Um, so yeah, I, I'll reserve judgment on whether I believe Nick can play shortstop till I've seen more of him at the position. Got it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it sounds like. You know, it's a good hitterish type uh, potential at second base. You know, that, that's there's a lot of value oh, yeah. in that. There, <laughs> um, yeah. You know, and one last guy that that you know I think that will present a lot of value to a college program, uh, Dylan Hillman. Uh, looks like the the defense is pretty advanced. Uh, another strong sub seven runner, another big armed infielder uh, who can hit. Sounds like you got a lot of those guys up in Northern California. Well, Dylan, so Dylan with the bat is the, the last question for me to, you know, check, check the box. Came across him, much like Nick, much like Dante, um, in game action in Sonoma County last year. Monta Vista came up to play Casa Grande. So, you know, Coach Mir, uh, Mateo Miramanes, you know, we talked before the game. He said, hey, my sophomore shortstop, I really like him. I really like him, Blaine. I'm like, okay, good. Watch infield, you know, actions are clean, arm is solid, uh, all that great. A uh, game goes on, makes a number of plays. I'm like, okay, yep, good stuff, because that's not an easy field to play on. That's a natural surface, and, you know, like a lot of natural surfaces, not not the greatest. Um, there's tough hops, which is which is good to judge kids on. Um, saw him in the summer uh, at, at Boz, Bear World Series, and good again. The, the glove just, like, you start to get the feeling every time you see him, like if the ball's hit near him, you're out. And whether it's a ball hit hard at him or he has to go left or right or, or play it at him and, and use the arm to get a guy out, did that. Slow chopper in the infield, come through it, play on the run, throw on the run, got that. Backhand, forehand, confidence, uh, hit the ball to me kind of kid, uh, got that. You know, I'd seen some base hits through the middle of the field. Um, I'd seen some strikeouts. And every player's got things to work on and, this last look was more of, okay, cutting the swing down a little bit more. He's not a big swing kind of guy, but just how do I get to more consistent contact? How do I get to more, you know, through the middle, find my way on, now figure out how to get stronger and, and access some extra base hit ability. But, uh, yeah, I, I, college baseball is full of players that catch the ball, throw the ball. Um, the scores are not, you know, astronomical, you know, high scores. Defense is a is a premium certainly at this spot, and Dylan Hillman can play shortstop. Nice, nice. That just every video I've seen, I it looks as though the the bat is going to be uh, potentially you know pretty damn good when it gets to that yeah. college level. There's um, a little there's a little bit of a deeper load as I recall watching the video. Right, it stretches the bat pretty far, and which is not a I mean that's just a timing thing. How do you you know how do you let it go? So. I just think as as all players work and, and there's different setups and there's different you know lows and there's different ways to get to it. Um, he has the two, he has tools and uh, 
obviously the hand-eye coordination, the ability to field the baseball. Um, yeah, I think he's got. I think he's got a chance to be a, a really, really good player. Yeah, Blaine. You know, you've talked a lot about the guys that you know we've seen at recent events. Uh, you know, up there in Northern California. I know you've been out and about, seeing scout balls, seeing other games. Uh, you know, as we head into the fall season here, Let, let's let's chat about a few guys that you've seen that that have stood out to you. Maybe an update on potentially on some, you know, draft caliber guys that you've seen yeah. at at scout ball. Mm-hmm. So I went up on I want to say it was the twenty fifth of September, where the uh, Padres, Rockies, uh, Royals clubs with some other you know scouts from other clubs are in their dugouts, you know, organizing these scout ball games and. Uh, I'd seen all these kids, you know, whether it's game action, showcase, area code tryout, whatever, but there's a right-hander um, at Foothill in Pleasanton. Uh, he's committed president at LMU, uh, last I saw, his name, Jackson Flora. And gut feel, he's a right-hander. Um, I just want to say 6'3", wiry, long, lanky body. Gut feel for me, he's going to be one of the right-handers in Northern California, the scouts spend as much time on um, as a lot of others. Now, obviously, he's not—he's not, you know, the velocity of of Aiden Keenan, uh, Gabe Geckel, you know. But this this young ninety repeatedly that day. It's crisp, big, tight, sharp curveball in the low low mid seventies. Little fade to the changeup, loose arm. Uh, Jackson Flora, Foothill High. Write the name down because he's got a chance to pop in the springtime. How big? How big is is Mr. Flora? He's like six three. Yeah, six three, probably one seventy five, around there. He's not massive, but he's certainly not small. Yeah. Uh, wow. Other guys in that game, and there's a draft. Uh, it's not draft. This is a. He's a twenty four. The Parker Warner, the right hander, Granada High School, which is the same conference as Foothill out there. Granada's in Livermore. Uh, he played shortstop last year for for Granada as a sophomore, and you know, he often was DH'd for. Um, but on the mound, this I've got some video, I believe, in his profile. This Parker Warner, the arm is really, really good. Uh, the arm action is clean. Uh, the fastball comes out easy, 86 to 88. He'll he'll bump some 90s, I'm certain, in the springtime. Uh, kind of an easy rolling curveball, but a chain a slider is his best pitch, 77, 78. Changeup's got diving action, so uh, that was another player that uh, stood out to me um, on the mound there. And then, you know, draft-wise, you know, another player. So Jaron Advincula, uh, who we had at our pro case, uh, shortstop out of midi, a left-handed hitter, uh, quickly put himself on the map in the front of the scouts that day at pro case, earned an opportunity area code tryout, made the team, had a good area code showing, uh, lively body, twitchy runner, twitchy athlete strong arm intense competitor uh left-handed hitter uh, not a big guy but has big ability i got a gut feel so that J- uh, jaron's gonna be one that gets a lot of eyes on in the springtime as well uh, what are they what, what are they putting in the water over there at midi <laughs> been a good, <laughs> good program for a long time I've, you know san jose is an interesting i mean it's obviously a huge city right so it's one of the what's third, second or third biggest city in California, and people don't often remember that. But the public high schools in San Jose, years and years ago, had good programs, and it's kind of it's kind of changed over time for whatever reason. 
and you know whether it's Mitty or Valley Christian or Bellarmine has who've always had good programs on their own has has reaped a lot of in St. Francis has reaped a lot of the maybe public high schools in, in San Jose lessening somewhat and these kids have picked out the programs there and Mitty you know is a great program Bill Hutton ran it for forever and ever and ever and did a great job um, but yeah with Nick York and and uh, other fantastic players coming out of there. It's been, uh, they've, they've had some guys for sure. Yeah, no doubt. Well, well, Blaine, I think that's, uh, this was an awesome podcast. Great to catch up and hear some new names uh, from the Northern. You want one more? Yeah, let's get it. All right, so let's go, let's go, let me go Red Sox or Royals. I'll go Red Sox first, Red Sox scout team. So a uh, really good roster. I mean, they're, you know, the right-handed Joey Volch going to Stanford, not not unknown. We've seen him get up to around 94. I know it's touched 95 from buddy. But that wasn't the guy that day that I got most excited about. But they got a uh, shortstop right-handed pitcher who only pitched that day um, out of Mount Whitney, which is in Visalia, uh-huh. named JT Guerrero. And Guerrero, you have to check the commitment. Top of my mind, I want to say, might it, it Fullerton? Not, I have to double check that. I'm not on the computer right now, but he's that shortstop arm action, shortstop body, shortstop flare. He's wearing. I love his cleats. They look like the Mexican flag, like like <laughs> color, like I think that's what because just awesome. There's a little tassel on the back of him, so he's got confidence and some flare. Um, but a really really quick arm. Uh, the deeper he went, it was out him. The harder he kept throwing. I, I know he uh, got. 89, 89.6, yeah, so near 90. A really good changeup. Um, just aggressive, wiry, lively body. So that's another name that uh, I had seen, uh, heard of, had never laid eyes on, and uh, he was he was fun to watch. Nice. Nice, yeah. The, uh, sounds like a kind of a prototypical Cal State Fullerton type player, right? An athlete who can do a couple of different things. And Yeah, hold on. We, uh, yeah, so we need to strike the Fullerton. I mean, he's Fresno State commit. So. Fresno State. Yeah, Fresno even, State. Even, even more on point. <laughs> well, and the reason why I said that, so I'm looking at my roster here. So the player listed below him is a left-hander named Peyton Hawkinson from Turlock. He is going to Fullerton. Yeah. He's a big 6'4", 190-some left-hander. Uh, the velocity doesn't come out like super, super exciting quite yet, up to 88 in that outing. But the ability to pound the zone uh, with two-seam life, uh, terribly uncomfortable at-bats for left-handed hitters against him. Uh, heavy, heavy ball. Uh, like I said, big run, some sink. Uh, the arm slot comes from you know an angle that, again, left-handers are not going to have a lot of fun. There's enough velocity with the fastball to have to respect it. Uh, the, the body is imposing and physical out there. So uh, he's, like I said, he's at Turlock and he is going to Fullerton. And that would be another name that, you know, once the scouts have gone through, you know, again, the, the, the real known big time, you know, guys, they're, they're like, okay, I can't see this kid, you know, 17 times in the spring. I need to go watch some other guys that have talent. So uh, Peyton Hawkinson's one that um, I know is going to have uh, more than one look uh, from multiple scouts this spring. Yeah, that, that, that's the beauty of that's the beauty of what we do, right? Get ahead of it in the fall, and then you do your own kind of follow lists and and see where they match up with with some of these pro scouts and 
you know, often see them at the same games because you're there to see the same guys. So mm-hmm. that's kind of the beauty of it. Uh, well, Blaine, again, I appreciate you making some time to fill us in on some Northern California players from recent events and uh, get their names out there. All of these guys are uncommitted, uh, with the exception of the final guys we spoke about there. Um, you know, so some some opportunity for coaches to hear names and, and some insight on guys that potentially they weren't familiar with. So thanks again for hopping on and doing this. Hey, that's funny. Interesting. We were talking uh, just now. One, one last aside is that his ears must have been burning because we mentioned Andrew Vaughn later. Uh, and Toby just texted me his father. So that's funny how that <laughs> stuff works out. Yeah, that, that is funny. Um, all right, Blaine. All right. Well, again, hey, thanks we for calling last. appreciate it. Yeah, we appreciate you having on, and uh, we'll, we'll do this again real soon. I'd like to thank you all for listening to the FDR podcast today. Be sure to check out PrepBaseballReport.com for all your news, rankings, and event information. And until next time, we'll see you at the yard.